Welcome, book nerds, to another episode of the Gene Book Nerd Podcast. Today's episode, we'll we speak with the writer-director of the short horror film, The Rat, as well as the main actors of the film. The Rat is a short horror film distributed by Alter and is set in the 1980s, and on Halloween night, 18-year-old Renee is going to a frat party with her boyfriend, Jim. After picking her up, Jim decides to take a detour, driving his truck off the beaten path to a haunted house. They start to fool around on an old mattress, but after Jim leaves to retrieve a condom, Renee begins to hear unsettling noises echoing throughout the house, and realizes she's not alone. Creeping downstairs, she is confronted with a terrifying situation. She must come to terms with the thing that, deep down, she's afraid of most. So let's get to it and learn more about the film and those who made it. Alright, book nerds, we are now talking with the cast of the horror film, The Rad. How you, how's everyone doing this morning? Good, how are you? Not too bad, not too bad. Uh, could you each go around and introduce yourselves and what part of this film you worked on? Um, yeah, my name is Carlin Mayman and I am the writer and director. Uh, my name is Isabel Schill. I'm an actor and I played Renee. My name is Colin Kelly Sordelay. I'm an actor and I played Jim. Nice. So first and foremost, uh, for those who haven't seen this yet, just to give them a little idea of what it's about. Carlin, could you tell us a little bit about what the story is? Yeah, for sure. Um, so The Rat is a short horror film um, about a couple in college. It's Halloween night. Um, and Jim takes his girlfriend Renee to a haunted house to kind of fool around before they head to a big party. Um, and the film is about what happens to her in this house um, and the sort of horrifying experiences she has and how that affects her and affects her relationship without giving too much away. Nice. Well, of course, we don't want to give too many spoilers. <laughs> we want we want to interest people, but not give everything away because they have to go watch it for themselves. Exactly. So how did you come up with this story, Carlin? And roughly where where and when would you say it's set? Like date and time or, you know, in location wise? Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> well, first for coming up with the story, I uh, it sort of came to be as a very loose proof of concept for a longer piece I've been working on. Um that is a blending of the sort of horror and coming of age genres. And this really started as like an exercise in showing that I can combine those genres. Um, so for me, that became about finding set pieces that would display that uh, within a short film. And I landed on a haunted house film pretty early um, because it's seems like a lot of fun first of all um and there's just so much like iconography uh within that there's so much to pull from um and so much to, like work with and subvert and then the other thing is I really wanted to do a party scene um so the story was really like started as being built around connecting the two of those um and then became about this relationship um it is super loosely set in the past kind of in started in the 80s. Um, I definitely didn't really want to tell a story that 
relied on technology at all. I just really wanted to be like a very distilled story of this relationship um, and to sort of have fun with those aesthetics. Um, in terms of place, just kind of anywhere in the suburbs, anywheresville. Uh, I went to, you know, school in the tri-state area. So that's a vibe I kind of gravitate towards, but it can be, it can be a lot of places, I think. Okay, so it's kind of set in, like, middle, you know, anywhere America sort of feel. Exactly. Gotcha. So, Isabel and Colin, I'm curious, what were your thoughts when you first read the script? For your, and, like, you know, what, what were your first thoughts about the story and your characters? Uh, Izzy, you want to go first, or you, what would you feel? You, you go first. Um, <laughs> all right, sure. Uh, well, I, when I first read the script, I, I mean, I, I absolutely loved it. You know, I saw what Carlin was trying to do in blending these genres, and I thought it was really masterful, and I, I really just enjoyed the script. When I first read the character or the role of Jim, I was horrified that I would be playing it uh, or had the opportunity to. Um, so I was definitely a little nervous. But, you know, I also felt that it was really important to, you know, step into the role and, you know, play it to the best of my ability uh for the sake of the story which again i thought was awesome <laughs> um uh yeah i you know i got this completely randomly i just got an email saying i've been casting something that i didn't even audition for and i was like what is this um but super excited and uh, i gave it a read and i thought that the writing was really subtle and um and I sort of, I was really intrigued by it, but I wasn't fully clear on the tone until I actually saw this incredible Kickstarter video that Carlin and Beck, the a producer and Carlin's um, creative partner, um, had made. And I, it finally clicked for me. But I think something that's even more frightening is that, um, you know, I think as a woman, we're just used to being, feeling unsafe. And um, I wasn't, it was sort of something that I had accepted until I was like, oh, this is a horror movie. Like the, the whole point is that she feels terrified. You know, I think uh, it's just something that we take for granted as a, as part of our daily experience and the drama of it wasn't like, didn't fully um, click for me until I saw visually how they were going to re represent it. And then I was like, oh, hell yeah, I'm definitely interested in doing this. This is fantastic. Nice, nice. No, de I definitely got that feeling. Like, I loved, I liked the story a lot. I feel like it had a lot of meaning and definitely felt like the characters were very, were played very well. Like, like, uh, Colin, when you said, like, you read it and you were like, oh, like, you f learned about the character. <laughs> like, that's kind of like what I felt. Like, I felt that same, that, fa that same <laughs> instinct of, like, it's not just, you know, without giving too much away it's not just the story that's kind of horrifying but like it's what happens to the characters like themselves too Absolutely. a bit so um yeah carlin i have a i wanted to ask you about the house because i really sure. like the house first question is where where did you find that house like where was that set and how and why did you decide on that particular location so it was a a whole saga finding this house um I like had landed on that I wanted a haunted house and like I had my me and my uh three producers kind of got to work on it and like immediately 
everyone we knew was telling us like this is impossible <laughs> like this is famously impossible to find a haunted house set so we like I must have seen like 10 or 15 places that like weren't quite right we also were pretty limited to shooting in New York City just because of our budget we couldn't really like afford to get a whole cast and crew out of the city so we were just kind of going and going and looking and looking and nothing was right and we're like maybe we'll shoot an interior next year at different places um and then like pretty pretty close to our shoot dates um my producer back found deep 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 in Staten Island like the farthest you can go um so it was like a rainy day and I took the ferry and three buses into Staten Island and just like got off and saw this like looming gothic mansion um that like immediately reminded me of um the Bates Manor from Psycho and it just like kind of clicked with me right away um just from how it looks outside alone um, and we went inside and there's this like gorgeous wallpaper and these chandeliers. Um, and I was just like super inspired by this location. And like, luckily this is like, this is actually a house that um, a lot of film shoots have used. Uh, it's featured in a very different way in um, her smell this year, which was really cool to see. Um, so they were like super, super accommodating of us. They like really wanted to work with us on this project. Um, and then also found out that there are legit ghost stories attached to this house. Um, oh, nice. There's like mob hits. <laughs> that took, it was like an old mob house. And so it like really, it has this very legitimately creepy feel that I just like really clicked with right away. Like it just, there it, it so little work had to be done to make it feel the way I wanted to make it feel. Um, and like, obviously not to say that like my production designer didn't put in a ton of work because he did but like the bones of the house were just so perfect um so it was it was really just looking and looking until like something really clicked um and yeah it was like the best possible set I could have asked for so I'm assuming the house isn't a house that someone like lives in full time is it a house that's designed for film purposes <laughs> or so there is like a, a guy who sort of manages it and has like a little apartment on the top floor. He has like a, a recording studio in there. I don't remember if he lives there full time, but it's it's used quite frequently for film shoots. I think that's kind of the main the main gotcha. use of it at this point. Gotcha. Carlin, wait, sorry, I have a question. Carlin, her smell was shot there? Yeah, the fourth act of her smell is in the Kreischer Mansion. I it's just like, went to a screening of that. I saw Elizabeth Moss speak like last week. That I was wondering if it was the same house. Was right? Like, very familiar. <laughs> it's so because it's shot in like a lot of close-ups. Um, so it took yes. me a while. And I spotted that like weird metallic-y wallpaper. I was yes. like, oh shit. Like this is it. It was great. It blew my mind. <laughs> Sorry, that was, I just had to interject. No, yeah. it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> well, it sounds like it has this house has not only it films a lot, but it has some old, so a lot of uh like great history and like you said, like kind of its own lore to it. It sounds like it could be uh, a good setting for uh, potentially uh, a future film. Yeah, for sure. I would love to get in there again. There was like there's even you know we use like very little of the house in the film. Even it's it's huge. There's like three floors and like the most terrifying basement I've ever seen. Like it just has, there's so much going on. It's so that cool. It was also so scary. Yeah. So terrifying. 
Yeah. Can I just say that I was wandering around that mansion for 12 hours in my underwear and like everybody was like chatting and chilling and exploring and I just had my headphones on trying to like stay focused and scared and then I don't know I feel like maybe it would have been more scary like peering into the well in the front where apparently people were drowned in the terrifying kitchen. (laughs) I was told people were chopped up in there. (laughs) Yeah I really hope that guy doesn't live there full time. Yeah. He's yeah, he's a very brave guy if he does, apparently. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Apparently so. So to to continue on a little bit about the house, um, I'd love to know a little bit about um the process of the actual filmmaking and like what kind of what was the setup like and how big was the crew and how long did it take and since it's supposed to, uh, it, it's set at night, did you guys actually film at night or did you have to do a lot of like day for night shots? Uh, yeah, so that's, it, it, every part of this is creepy. We did shoot at night. We were there all night. Um, a lot of the, the work we did to shoot in this location was actually kind of making it grimier than it actually was. Um, Cause it's very, it's very well kept. Um, so like a lot of what um, Lance, my production designer did was, like scuffing things up and like dirtying up the windows and like bringing in that nasty mattress and like throwing trash around and stuff um and that was like really a lot of it um and like getting that like that awesome lighting where you can just see enough of what's going on without giving too much away and like really like lighting the space to kind of hide what needs to be hidden and show what needs to be shown. Um, we only had one day in the location, which was completely insane, considering that it's like 75% of the film or something like that. Um, if I could do this all again, I would get more days in that house. But uh, <laughs> everyone just like, everyone worked so hard that day. Like it blew me away how just like everyone just went in on it. And it was, it was challenging. It was a big one. Um, but yeah, everyone was like so awesome and so gung ho uh, on this insane overnight. Well, it sounds sounds like a typical uh, film set to me. <laughs> Lots of work to do and not quite enough time to do it. Yep, hundred <laughs> percent. I I feel you on that. I I've been there many many times. So. <laughs> so going back to uh, for you, Colin and Isabel, I'm curious. During filming, from the point, you know, when you first read the script and you, you know, learned about, you, you know, learned your lines and learned what the characters were going to be and the motivation and everything, I'm curious what was going through your minds and how the character changed or how your take on the character changed as, like, you started filming and, like, you know, the filming process was going on. Like, did any of that, did your take on the character or thoughts on the character change at all? <clears throat> um, For me... You know, Carlin and I had not met each other um, before this project. And so we had this really helpful FaceTime chat before we, um, you know, started the whole whole thing. And um, one thing I was like, is there anything that you really want me to know about this character that isn't necessarily 100% apparent? And she's like, I just really want her, you to remember that she's really young. And I was like, okay, that's incredibly helpful. Because I'm actually yeah. 10 years older than this character. Yeah. Right? So, um, thanks for <laughs> thanks for that um, casting, Carla. Appreciate you. <laughs> um, but uh, I was like, yeah. I mean, I her tenderness and innocence and need to please and yearning to be accepted 
is something that is so um, crystallized in in young people and specifically young women around boys they like. And I felt that way so many times and I'm, I'm so used to auditioning for like tough chicks, like I go in for punk roles all the time and like people who stand up for themselves. Um, and this was really different. It was her, the terror and the paralyzation that Renee feels um, that prevents her from being able to say anything or even realizing that she should realizing that there is an alternative. Um, I think that was the, the biggest thing that I, um, needed to prepare. Um, and also it was, it was funny for me. Um, you know, this was an interesting script to prepare because the dialogue is so minimal. It's so much of a reaction to Mm -hmm. your outside environment and, And, uh, you know, actors spend a lot of time auditioning and and auditioning, you know, you have to sort of build this world around you in your own imagination. You're in these rooms with like, you know, blue walls and a tripod and a casting director holding a binder and like watching you act. And it's and you just sort of like get used to that. And um, this was, you know, I had to show up on the day to a space I'd never been in and and just be present and and have extremely heightened emotions at the same time so it was a it was a really interesting learning experience for me in uh in how to prepare uh i had a really good friend of mine just read out the action lines in the script and just wander around a (laughs) rehearsal space acting terrified which was like (laughs) so helpful um but uh yeah that was my experience um, yeah, for me, it, it initially, when I first read it, as I mentioned earlier, I was a little horrified of of Jim and taking on that role. You know, I thought it was, I really loved the story and I thought it was really important to, um, you know, kind of dive into it. And so when approaching it, you know, it's really difficult to not, you know, judge your character and to try and separate your own perspectives from your characters. Um, so it was definitely... For Jim, I just I really felt that I, the need to approach it uh, from an ignorance is bliss kind of point of view that he has absolutely no idea of the kind of pain or kind of torturous nature that he's that he's kind of bringing up in this relationship uh, and that he thinks he's being cute and funny and romantic and, you know, just doing things that make him happy opposed to really thinking through the way it might affect um, other people as Mm -hmm. young men often do uh then i also you know one thing that was really helpful for for me was uh izzy and i met for coffee or for for lunch one day leading up to shooting and it was really nice to just kind of get to know her a little bit better so that we could really try and develop a little bit more of a foundation between our characters and and feel like we you know knew each other when stepping into it so that it's not completely acting with a stranger uh, especially when we were filming some pretty intimate scenes uh, initially. So it was definitely helpful to kind of, you know, when when you're feeling a little lost, best thing to do is to look to your to your partner, and usually you can find some sort of ground to, to stand on. You're so nice, Colin. Thank you. Uh, you, know, <laughs> you definitely made it a lot easier. Like, it, I, there were definitely times that, you know, I it was a little difficult to kind of get into that headspace and 
and you know you were always just so welcoming and so warm and it definitely made it a lot easier um knowing you and knowing how awesome you were to this kind of point of being a little bit more terrible as an individual you know <laughs> um so it definitely made it easier to you know I definitely would say like we were we we were joking a lot like off camera like when we were trying to like add some levity to the overall experience because it's hard you know sometimes you know living with a lot of those like really you know awful feelings or, or saying terrible things or doing terrible things in a scene and you know the human mind can only separate so much of reality in our actions and so it's good to kind of like try and balance that out of like no 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 that's not real that's not real we're just messing around right <laughs> yeah totally and also it was really funny because the very i mean maybe i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure the very first thing we filmed is us making out furiously yeah i was gonna say i really i really tortured y'all and like really, we just started off with all the the hookup stuff uh but like i mean you guys were just such troopers like and you really did come in to the shoot with like there was I already like felt this like chemistry which was something I was worried about just because like I knew y'all had like had a chance to like meet but like I hadn't really been able to see you interact with each other but like you really did come in with this like comfort with each other that made things run so smoothly when we did have to start out with like <laughs> most intimate scenes um had to really put y'all through the ringer <laughs> so you know Colin's a total pro I I, I was really impressed by your respect you know honestly like your patience and your focus I really felt super safe with you Colin so uh, well, I think thanks. that's right you know. right back at you um and also I would I would also like to you know mention like Carlin you were fantastic you know in guiding us through it like I never felt uncomfortable at any point and I didn't really ever feel rushed and I know that we had such a limited schedule but you really took it you were you were just so efficient and professional um uh, you know, from from my point of view and, and from every from the way that it felt on set for me. And so I just had such a great time. And there was never really a point that I felt, um, you know, unsafe. I always felt really secure throughout the whole process. Yeah, totally. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I think that's I think that's always good, especially when you're making a horror film to always feel safe mm -hmm. and secure, especially so. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have heard so many stories of just insane horror sets that, like, were so hard on everyone. Like, you know, like, there's so many famous ones. And, like, it was really important to me to not feel like that. Like, to, you know, give Colin and Izzy the space they needed to, to be, like, in this terrifying situation. But to still feel like we are, like, all in a safe space together. Um, and we have that, like, you know, room to explore it together without anyone feeling like, like, legitimate trauma or terror from the actual experience of being on set. So that was something that was really important for me to cultivate. And I'm glad, really glad y'all felt that. Definitely. Totally. So I want to talk about a little bit about the making, you know, and the process of getting this film started. Because we've talked a lot about, you know, actually, like, the filmmaking and the characters. But I'm curious about how you went about getting the film, like, actually made and all that. Because I know um, this is made by uh, Alter, correct? Or it was produced by a company called Alter, if I'm correct? Um, distributed by Alter. Distributed by Alter. Yeah. Okay. So um, how is how is it, like, working with them? How did they come into this? Um, so, uh, yeah, I guess I'll start at the beginning. Um, 
so I kickstarted the whole, most of the budget. We got a small grant um, to sort of get the film started, but most of the budget was... Hmm? How much was the grant for? Uh, it was about 7K. Um, okay. So that, that got us like off the ground and then the rest of it uh, was Kickstarter, which uh, it really was a gamble because uh, me and my producers basically like set our shooting dates and like just started pre-production while the Kickstarter was going. So we really were depending on people coming out in droves to support us, which they did. And it was incredible. Um, go Kickstarter. Um <laughs> But so uh, it was, yeah, it was super independently produced. Um, and then uh, we, like, I also took notice um, after Sundance and we chatted with them um, for a little bit and ended up selling the film to them um, with the idea of, like, putting it up online at the end of our uh, festival run, which was in October, more or less. Um, so, yeah, Alter is, they're awesome. They're, I'm, I love them. I love everything they're doing. Um, they've been so supportive throughout the process. Um, and I think they're doing a really cool thing in like a lot of ways and that they're supporting short films, which not a lot of people are doing. Um, they're, they really have like a great, um, eye for publicity and marketing. Like they really get things out there. Um, they really like interacted with the film and the way that I like would hope people, um, would interact with it. Uh, they, you know, uh, they, they're just, they're, they're a horror platform, but they are very willing to be experimental with the genre, um, and to find things that a lot of people be like, well, that's not like the horror that I think is horror. Um, but like explaining like why, or like understanding why different things are scary and different things feel scary on film. Um, and they're just like really nice and cool. I got to meet um, some of the team in person last week when I was uh, visiting LA and they're just like so nice and cool. We just like talked about movies we liked for like two hours and I like was late for my dinner meeting after that. Um, so they've been great. They've been super awesome to work with. Nice. <laughs> Can I ask a question, Carlin? Um, what was the what was the budget for it? How much did you guys end up spending? Uh, about twenty two k. Okay. Something something like that. <laughs> <clears throat> I I kind of hands off the budget after we got into post production. Um, but yeah, it was about about twenty two. Um, which when I could tell is sort of middling for a short. Um, yeah. so yeah, not, not too bad. I mean. Make, making shorts is still pretty expensive. I mean, a lot yeah. of people think that it's only, you know, a couple hundred bucks. It's like, no, like, if you think about, it, like, feature films cost, like, hundreds of millions of dollars. Like, short films still, they still require some money to make. They're not, they're not nearly as easy as people think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm asking because I'm starting, I'm, I'm, I just applied to a grant. You guys should know about this grant. Uh, or maybe I shouldn't tell everybody, but <laughs> I'll tell you later. But it, I've just applied to a grant where you could win up to forty thousand dollars for a short film budget. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, twice. Yeah. To say uh, after this podcast, I might need to uh, to hear about that because I also am a I'm a filmmaker living in Los Angeles and I work on various projects uh, here and there, so that could be helpful as well. Yeah, I'll I'll text you. Um. But uh, yeah, no, I, yeah. I was just so. By the way, Eric, the you know Carlin and Beck and the whole crew, uh, Chris who edited, Albert who produced, Chachi who produced, 
they're all from Wesleyan. And they're like this really tight knit, incredible group of friends who I feel so lucky to now know. And, you know, hopefully we can collaborate on things in the future in whatever capacity. But like these are all like total badass filmmakers who are doing projects independent of each other and then constantly coming together and making really interesting content together. You know, documentary films, short films. They just shot another short film. What is it called? Three Walking. What is it called? Uh, the, th- the Three Men You Meet at Night. Yeah. Yeah. New short. Ooh, that sounds cool. Um, that I produced and uh, Beck directed this time, so we sort of swap oh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really awesome having this like network of of people who are just like excited to be making stuff and to be like kind of trading around roles and supporting each other and like sharing resources, like shouting about new grants we're hearing about and stuff like that. Um, I like just feel very, very blessed to be a part of that um, and like would not have come close to making this film without that. It definitely made set so much more um, joyful, I think, overall. Yeah. Like sometimes it can, you can definitely be on set, especially in some of the later hours um, where people start to get a little, you know, frustrated or a little more, you know, touchy or, you know, a little less um, nice. But everyone was just so dedicated and so hands-on. Um, and, you know, that relationship, I think, really showed because everyone just was there quite literally for the love of it and for the love of each other. Hell yeah. <laughs> and I think, I think... It's, so, it's so important. You know, I feel like so much of of work is, like, industry and the business and money and, and like, is this going to go anywhere? But it's like, you know, we're all young and we're all, like, we genuinely love what we do it genuinely is important to us to tell stories and I honestly learned so much from observing you guys together because I don't know I've moved around a lot of my life and and like have always sort of yearned for like this really tight-knit group because I, I know a lot of people all over the place and I just was like I just I felt so lucky to be a part of it even for a few days honestly the crown so lots of luck to you guys that's so nice <laughs> I mean it was incredible having you on set and like having your energy there uh as like a part of the whole experience and you like both of you just like really just came in and like just blended right in to to the crew I mean of of people I'd worked with and hadn't worked with before uh and it just like all felt so so seamless which like yeah like you're saying is super not always the case yeah well, I have a, another question for all three of you, but before I get to that, just this is specifically for you, Carlin, because, mm-hmm. again, I'm, I'm a filmmaker myself, and I love cameras, and I love camera gear, and I just, I, I've got to ask you this. What did you use to film this? What camera? Yeah, uh, so we shot on um, an Ari Classic. I'm pretty sure that's right. I'm not a huge gearhead, um, but uh, my DP, Maria Rushi, um, had her own camera, which was super awesome um and i you know i love i uh, i love how ari looks i think it had oh, that uh, i'm so that, jealous I, I know right it was oh my gosh i like you know it's like i love her work i really want to work with her and then she's like i have my own camera it's like oh yes <laughs> <laughs> incredible um yeah i was you know i uh not not no like hot take but love love the aries love the alexas looks great uh, always looks great I, I i dream of the day i can afford an ari alexa 
I know, right? <laughs> or or some really nice, like, good high-end, like, cinema lenses, because those are going to set you back a lot of money. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. That's, uh, <laughs> God, yeah, that's, like, your life savings right there. I mean, between the, between the, just the, I mean, when it comes to, like, red cameras or Aries, like, for high-end red or Ari, I mean, that's the price of, a, almost, like, a new car in itself. Those things can run, like, mm-hmm. thirty to $40,000. <laughs> Just for the camera, not not including batteries and lenses and, like, all the other gear, just the camera body itself. Yep, yep. No wonder everything's rental-based. Exactly. student loans. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just tack it on, right? Yeah, right. (laughs) All right, so back to the other, again, that was kind of more of a, for me, question. Maybe other people listening might not. might be interested, but I just, again, I love camera gear. I'm a cinematographer DP myself, so I've, I always love talking about camera. I can talk about camera gear for days, but we don't have days for this podcast, so we won't. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> so this is a question for each of you. What were your biggest takeaways uh, from making this film? Oh, gosh, I can go first. Um, I learned so much about directing on this set um I so I mean I I had done much smaller shorts and like a lot of music videos but this was by far the biggest thing I had done and well yeah is the biggest thing I've done um to date um and directing is uniquely challenging because you just can't practice it uh you, you just don't have opportunities to hone your skills without so much at stake uh, on set where, you know, everything you do is being like watched with, you know, eagle eyes and every every minute costs thousands of dollars. Um, so I, I really did, um, I learned a lot about, about working with actors, working with these two um, and about how uh, important it is to really just put, so much trust into them um and how that that just made things so much easier just like trusting that they had clearly done the work they understood the characters listening to their ideas which were like uniformly fabulous um and just like giving them that space while we worked together um was like a really important learning experience for me um and I think just aside from that uh just kind of trusting my instincts on set um and just kind of knowing when something felt wrong or weird that I'm ultimately I'm the one who makes that call um and just getting comfortable with with that leadership position um when that's not you know that's just not something that you do every day um so I mean just in terms of like the practical on set stuff that is a lot of what I learned I like through the festival circuit uh met like so many people and learned a lot more about how that side of the industry and a lot of the other sides of the industry work um and like you know how people are making work on their own terms um which is really exciting to just kind of get that like spread of people I wouldn't have met otherwise and learn from them. Um, so God, yeah, a lot, <laughs> a lot. I've learned a lot in the past like year and a half or whatever. 
Uh, yeah, I think one of, I, 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 my biggest takeaway is probably something I, I might have said already. Um, you know, I, I, part of it is, you know, showing up prepared, being ready uh, on the day with, with, you know, an idea of who your character is, everything memorized. And then, you know, uh, as I kind of said before, is just trusting in the people around you. Um, you know, uh, as Carlin was saying, you know, with directors, there's so much writing on it and so much pressure and, and it's hard to learn um, that skill outside of just being on set doing it. And, you know, acting for film is very much the same way. You can prepare, you know, with a camera and a lens and you can develop it. But then when you have the pressures of time constraints and, uh, you know, high levels of emotions for a scene, but then, you know, in between takes, someone's, you know, reaching into your clothes to adjust your mic or someone's touching your face to adjust makeup and you're still trying to stay in that same emotional space it can definitely be really taxing and the only way to really get better at that is doing it um and yeah i think it it really just came continued to reiterate for me and one of my biggest takeaways is just having faith is preparing as much as you can and then just show up and knowing you're enough and knowing that the people around you will help support you and that you'll support them and um yeah i mean there was a lot of crazy things like i learned how to drive a manual car on the day Yep. Oh, wow. <laughs> yep. Yep. Piled everyone in it and started driving around and, t- and getting shots. And it was like, I was terrified, but I trusted Albert, who was one of the awesome producers, and he totally got me driving. And and that was and that's just it. All you can do is just show up prepared and that trust that the people around you will take care of you. That really is the craziest story from the shoot. Is <laughs> Colin learning how to drive stick on the fly. How, uh, how, how did it did you did you uh did you learn it fully and do you feel comfortable driving stick because i actually drive a stick uh stick shift in los angeles which people think i'm absolutely insane for but yeah i was I gonna love say it. you spend so much time in traffic um yeah i i have not driven a manual car since <laughs> i would like to think that some of those skills have stayed but i'd probably have to just kind of relearn get the the feel for everything again there's a lot of scary noises coming from that car. Uh, yeah, it was an old, it was a 1967 uh, Chevy pickup. <laughs> and it felt like it. And it, uh, <laughs> yeah, but I loved that thing. By the end of it, I wanted it. Like, I was okay. like, this thing is my new favorite, you know, machine in the world. I remember you you telling me at the end of the shoot that uh, you only stalled it once. So, honestly, incredible work. It might have been. Across the board. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might have been twice, but uh oh. <laughs> still, still pretty good. <laughs> yeah. As I well, say, you if you if you were able to successfully drive a, a stick shift in you know in one night or one day, I'd say that's pretty successful. I've I've tried to teach people, and after weeks and weeks, they still haven't gotten it. So it's not easy. It was tricky, but uh, you know we're all still here to tell the tale, so that's all that matters. <laughs> <clears throat> Um, what was the question again? What was the takeaway? <laughs> yeah, what was, what was your biggest takeaway from from this project? Um, honestly, it's totally it's kind of changed my life. It re- honestly has. Um, I, you know, I, it was it was like something finally went right, <laughs> kind of for me. Um, it was such a joyful experience and such a surprise when it got into Sundance. And I just was like, I finally saw the power of people just coming together and, and, and working hard. And it 
paying off and um, going to Sundance was terrifying and very exciting. (laughs) I had a major imposter syndrome for the first like three days. Had to keep calling my dad. He's like, Izzy, just enjoy it, for God's sake. Like, okay, 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 try it. <laughs> and, uh, and, um, and then I came back and I wrote a feature film in three weeks. My first wow. feature. that's amazing. That's a yeah. pri- very impressive. Thank you. I had no idea I could. I had no idea I would. I just was like, uh, yeah, I moved out to L.A. actually at the beginning of this year and have um, really been writing uh, and not not actually acting. Um, although I did just make my first short film that I'm acting in um, for basically free, guys. That one Ooh. was kind of a miracle. Um, but uh, but, yeah, I've been I've been um, writing like a maniac and I just won a grant through my writing actually. I just won a grant uh San Francisco Film Sloan grant. Um for <laughs> you for so awesome. Uh, I was say you can't you can't see it but I am giving you an applause. Thank you. Thank you. Uh yeah for a free for a treatment for a feature film that I'm now trying to write and it's like somewhat painful but uh <laughs> I'm gonna I've gotta get there. Is. <laughs> um, but um but yeah, I mean, honestly, like the the experience that I had working with Carlin and everybody else, and and the incredible response that we've all gotten from festivals around the world, has um, been such uh, an incredible boost that I I really needed, and it's honestly changed changed the way that I um, view what's possible, and I'm really grateful for it. I think that's a perfect answer. I don't think we can get that much better than that. So, agreed. <laughs> but also, what you—I mean, a lot of what you just said actually also works perfectly because that leads me right into my very next question, which you kind of already touched on a little bit uh, throughout the podcast. But how did the? Uh, could you talk? Could you all talk about you know your experiences with the film festivals and uh, Carlin? What was it like? You know, what was the process like submitting? to the film festivals that, you know, obviously eventually led you to working with Alter to, to produce, you know, to get this out there. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, our plan once we started editing the film was literally just submit everywhere, like anywhere that might be a shot because like, uh, obviously, uh, you know, one expects Sundance. So we like just dove in and just like, we're just submitting wherever I thought like we might have a shot um and Sundance was the first place we heard back from um and got in which like I literally couldn't have (laughs) ever imagined uh I it was really the most insane ridiculous thing that's ever happened to me um and it yeah it really just kind of kicked off from there um I like a bunch of the the crew uh, and cast came to the festival. Uh, Colin was gonna come, but uh, got swept away by being cast on Broadway. So, nice. <laughs> congratulations okay. for that, uh, thank Colin. You. I, <laughs> I had bought tickets and everything, and I was planning on going out. Um, and then I I, I didn't. Um, but my girlfriend still went on a snowboarding vacation <laughs> instead. Just Sundance. Yeah, she tried going to see it. She tried linking up with you guys, but it, it just wasn't going to work out of her going to Park City. Oh, it was tricky. 
Well, um, if you can't make it to Sundance, at least make it a ski trip. I mean, that's not that yeah. too bad of a, a secondary option. Yeah, yeah exactly. I was I was there in spirit, though. I uh, I was in the middle of rehearsal. I really wanted to be there for all the festivals. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to make them. But um, yeah, no, I, I was absolutely amazed about Sundance and was just I mean, not surprised. I mean, y'all are incredible. Um, but I was really excited about that and was so excited to go see it as well. Um, but then was taken away from it, unfortunately. But Colin, I don't know what your response was, but I had like an allergic reaction to seeing myself the size of a wall, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I still down. haven't gotten good at being in an audience of people watching my movie. It, it, I really don't know how people do it. It's you weren't naked, Carlin. I know, I know. So I can't even imagine. <laughs> so scary. I was like, <laughs> in Kay's armpit, being like, I want to die. I want to die. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, yep. Yeah, I can only imagine how bizarre that must be. I chilled out after the first time, but it was really, I was kind of embarrassed about my reaction, but I was very intense. I think that's it's, fair, though. It's fair. It's super fair. <laughs> um, well, yeah, from, I mean, like, we we met a bunch of people at Sundance. Um, like, a lot of people saw it and reached out, um, and, you know, we kind of just kept going through festivals from there, um, played kind of all over the world which is cool um I got to go to Paris with the with the film which was super tight um and it played in South Africa um it it? Played, yeah it played all over the place um it was yeah I don't know it was really cool I um I was in like a kind of unique position because I've uh I've produced film festivals before so I've been on like the other side uh, and so, like, doing it as a filmmaker was, like, very uniquely cool for me uh, to see just, like, <laughs> how it feels to be the the person it's about, kind of, um, and just to get to, see, and, like, just to, it's just so cool to be at these things, too, and just to get to see films that, like, you might not get to see otherwise, especially shorts, um, just to get to see so much of like people's really incredible work that like unfortunately there's just not much of a market for in the US outside of festivals. Um and like places like Alter are like working to change that, which I think is super duper important. Um but yeah, it was a really it was a crazy year. <laughs> it was really the weirdest, probably best year of my life. Um just like I got to like travel a bunch and do all this cool stuff <laughs> yeah so where if someone wants to watch uh this short film where would they be able to do that is it currently showing anywhere online or in the other theaters or anything so it's online for the world to see uh if you go to alter's website which I think is just watchalter.com, but I'd have to double check that. Um, and then if you go to YouTube, you can go to their channel or just Google Google or YouTube search Alter the Rat. Uh, it is up there. It is public. Uh, it's got a lot of crazy comments. <laughs> go yeah, check it, it out. What have people said? 
Um, it's a lot of very nice stuff. A lot of people think that uh, you should have killed him at the end, which yeah. I think is hilarious. Um, we, you know, we did have some incels come out, which is funny in a different way. <laughs> I'm, I'm now reading some of them as we speak. It's kind of hilarious. <laughs> they're, they're mostly pretty funny. Well, it is the internet and everyone has an opinion and everyone's opinion is, of course, correct. So. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, good point. Well, I mean, again, without, without giving too much away, like, I think that the film is great not just because of the initial story but like because <clears throat> i watched it and i read some of the comments and i like that a lot of other people did realize that like there's a deeper horror meaning behind the initial story yeah and i've learned so much about horror working on this i mean horror is definitely not my genre i don't enjoy feeling scared in any way um and um, going through this festival circus, specifically at the Brooklyn Horror Film Festival that was just like a month ago or so, um, it was, I realized how much comedy was in horror as well. How, how horror is kind of this genre that's really having a renaissance, you know, post Get Out. And um, there's so much opportunity to blend fear with so many other emotions. Um, and it's, it's just opened my eyes so much. So, um, yeah. Thanks for, for that. Hell yeah. I love horror. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all I've got uh, question-wise. I mean, thank you so much for all three of you for taking the time to talk to us at Jeep Book Nerd. We really appreciate it and, you know, wish you all the luck in the future on in future projects. And I'm glad that uh, everything went so well for this short film. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you. I can't wait for everyone to watch the short film, The Rat, and really encourage everyone to do so. Also, be sure to check out all of the other horror films that Alter has to offer on their website and YouTube channel. Well, that's it for this episode of the podcast, and we'll be back soon with a new episode in the near future. Until then, would my guests like to say any final words before we go? I'm Carlin Mayman, the writer and director of the short film The Rat. And my name is Isabel Schill. I played Renee. Hey, my name is Colin Kelly Sordelay, and you're listening to GeneBookNerd.com. GeneBookNerd.com. And you're listening to GeneBookNerd.com.